Sometimes during my week of doing therapy, I can notice common themes that come into the room and sit there regardless of who the person is that I'm sitting with. Uh, I had a few different common themes that were recurring this week, and so I had to sit here for a couple minutes and just digest what this week looked like and some of the main themes that have really had me processing as an individual. I would say one of the biggest themes that stood out to me this week is that idea of people feeling like they're the one that's holding it all together. You would be amazed to know the percent of people that come and sit with me on a daily basis that are frantically trying to solve problems for everybody else in their family system. And uh, you probably wouldn't be all that surprised to think about how this really puts a stress on those individuals. And so I'm sitting here today wondering, to what degree do you think that if you make one wrong move, it's all going to fall apart for you? That's a hard thing to sit with in a therapy session with somebody because a lot of times individuals tend to get stuck in this idea that if they aren't the one who's fighting for something to be done, then nothing will get done. And by the way, if I don't keep doing what I think the right thing is, then I have failed the people that I care about. How common is it that we feel like we have failed the people in our lives that we truly love? And the irony behind it is oftentimes our actions convey a different message to our loved ones. Perhaps it looks like we're controlling or we don't love them the way that they want to be loved. We don't make space for them. It just depends. Everybody interprets in their own way. What I think, though, is that there's oftentimes very, very minimal space for each person in the relationship who's part of that conflict. It could be many people, so I guess it doesn't have to be two, um, to feel heard and valued and understood and that be okay. That is very rarely the case. In fact, people often get stuck in feeling unheard and uh, misunderstood. We lose each other. We lose some of the deep value of the relationship in trying to push an agenda that comforts our need for control. I have a couple of different situations in mind that I, I can just think of very well-intentioned, good-hearted people who mean so well by their family, but they're so lost in their desire for things to fit into the mold of what they need it to look like to fit their own comfort that they lose the forest for the trees. For instance, I think specifically, I wonder how much time people spend investing in making other people make decisions that align with what the individual needs to happen. This often happens, it can happen at a relational level and it can also happen at an individual level. So think of somebody, I don't know if you've ever had a family member who's suffered through depression and depression looks different for different people. Uh, we used to think it was pretty streamlined and predictable um, and that's not necessarily true. There's just perhaps a section of it that symptoms align and look similar in many people. But for the most part, things like depression, things like anxiety, they just operate differently depending on who the person is and uh, what a person's coping mechanisms are or checkout mechanisms are. Uh, so when families encounter one family member who is sinking deep into depression, 
uh, a lot of the other members of the family system start banding together and thinking of the ways that they can kick this person's butt into shape. In that, oftentimes, really good intentions lead to very unfortunate results. And so I think today we need to sit in this uh, reality of what does it mean to really sit with the felt sense that we have to let go and trust that maybe things are processing and working out the way that they need to. I don't know that that's right. Like, I can think of so many different scenarios that can play out. I mean, we're all asking these hard-rooted questions. If I continue to invest myself, is there a chance that this person will change for the better? If I stop investing my time into this person, is there a chance that I will lose them and then they will feel like they were given up on? Yeah, that's a hard thing to bounce through your mind and your process. And um, if you choose to let go and allow a person to walk in the way that they're stubbornly, if, if it is stubborn, choosing to walk in, can you cope with that and make peace with having to have let go? Makes me think of uh, different songs and different movies that speak to this concept. For instance, uh, the song Say Something that Great Big World and Christina Aguilera sing. It's such a great depiction. If you watch the video for that song, it is so beautiful because you have people that are coming together in the power of relationship and saying, I am asking you to be here for me. I'm asking you to show up and vulnerably come close to me. And that's hard to do. That's a hard ask for people because all of us are faced with our own obstacles that keep us from moving toward one another. I don't know that any of us are free of our stubbornness and it shows up and it manifests in different ways and what makes one person susceptible to shrinking back and checking out of life because they can't deal with the discomfort of their depression and what on the other hand propels another person to forge forward and see that life is worth living and you see that there's this pull this teeter-totter action that's happening in these two different dynamics of relationships and it's hard to discern who's right who's wrong and what a solution could be to what degree can we provoke a person who feels so disconnected from its world what it's supposed to be tied to in love with pining for and instead choose to feel safer closed off and not willing to go into vulnerable space with other people and I think that that's what this song say something is asking is I'm here can you give me the vulnerability of who you are and make space for us to see if healing can happen but here's what I'm going to challenge you to think about when you call upon other people to do their work and attempt to heal a wound that has brought them down or multiple wounds that have brought them down. It doesn't necessarily have to be isolated. Are you actually willing to sit in the space and hear the story of what is going on for that person? Can you swallow your own pride of what you are needing and really listen to what this individual has to say and can you stay quiet and still long enough for them to actually know because they may not know what they need from this world and relationship and they may be processing hurts 
uh, from relationships that have let them down in the past? How do you stay silent and peaceful long enough to just give someone permission to give you their story without being robbed of their truth? Uh, I once upon a time had a parent inquire with me to do a therapy session with their adoptive son. This is many years ago now. I was at the time I was transitioning out of working with kids. I just realized that um, the direction that my therapy practice was going was geared more toward adult work and doing attachment at the adult level where there was a whole lot of autonomy to process the experience on their own without the interference of um, a, a family value system per se. Uh, I was not able to accommodate this family, but the mom and I had a long conversation because I'm always willing to listen and process out something with someone and maybe give them some direction they could take and refer them to some colleagues that I know fairly well align with what that family's looking to do. The mom had shared with me that they were on their last brink with this child and the next step if therapy didn't work was to look at potential group homes to send this child to and mom shared with me one of the experiences that she had with another therapist who was trying to work with her son what was communicated was this child felt like I am not supported and nobody in this family cares about my needs and the mom shared this message because the reason she shared it was she shared it upon her experience and she she literally said back to the other therapist, no, just because he says that that is his experience does not mean that that is actually what happened. And I think that the mom actually lost sight of what the therapist was trying to do there to bridge her to see her son for what he was going through rather than what she needed him to accommodate for her. The therapy was lost in that. There was greater disconnect than connect and healing that happened in that situation. When we assume that we are seeking out help for another person, when we get them in touch with the therapists of the world, the pastors of the world, the, the good friends of the world that we just want them to go talk to and process with somebody, we have to be careful what we wish for. Because if we're not willing to sit back and say, oh, let me think about that. And instead, we take somebody else's truth and bulldoze it and say, no, that's not your truth. That's not what's going on in this family system. And you are being selfish because you're not considering all of the other individuals that are being impacted by your choices in this family. Don't get me wrong. Do I think that there's a balancing act and that there's a meeting in this? I absolutely do. But if you're asking somebody to make a concession, to be able to better align and connect with the family, then you yourself have to be willing to go into that space with those other individuals and hear what they have to say and take it in and give them a place where they can start feeling that reconnect that they no longer felt safe in that they couldn't connect. If you're not able to put aside your own process for the sake of the other person in a moment, then you have to ask yourself if you're really in the place yet where you can be the hero to someone else who has to do some healing work. Again, this is hard 
attachment work because for every action, there is a reaction. And for every healing step we take, there's a new process that begins. And so go back to what I said back in the session about uh, when I was trying to figure out the best choice for my own family with uh, what we would do in our school situation. There wasn't a right answer. There was only a what is best for what's going on with us here and now. So before you go into these conversations with people, those um, please save yourself and save the rest of us in doing that conversations, you have to really ask yourself, am I in a place where I'm willing to pause and listen and get a full picture of what's going on? And then after I have an experience with this person, because you honestly don't know how it's going to go. Every human is different. Every human responds differently to situations, concessions, uh, please. It is subject to each individual. And some people may move forward and say, I want to make these changes for my family. And that isn't just a 180, generally speaking. Um, so just to give you some perspective, you don't just change instantaneously for the majority of humans. It's a process. It is turning the Titanic around. Not um, You're not on one of those zero-turn lawnmowers. It does not work that way. Life is always a process and a movement and just at the moment that you go in and have that bold conversation with somebody that you're asking to come closer to the family again and feel safe with the family again you yourself will have a process and you're going to have to face your own demons and determine to what degree you actually trust their process because they're going to do things where they backpedal and make you feel unsafe again and you have to sit in the vulnerability of what trust actually looks like between you and that person the, the big thing that I want to hand to you to sit and chew on uh, until we move into our next session is to what degree are you actually able and willing to pause yourself in the process you have going on with another member or other members of your family tribe? Are you willing to sit back, introspect your own choices and make space to hear what's going on for someone else, even if it disaligns with the things that make you feel most comfortable in your family system. This is a surrender. And so today I want for you to think about the degree to which you actually are willing to surrender parts of yourself because you're asking the other individual to surrender parts of who they are and what is making them feel most safe. So it's almost like going into this conversation saying, I know this is hard. I know you feel vulnerable because I feel vulnerable too. And I don't know to what degree I trust you, but I know to what degree I love you and I want to fight for you and who we are. And I'm asking you to boldly take that step too. From there, that's probably your jumping point of figuring out whether or not there's, there's that ability to turn the Titanic around, to start um, shifting the, the wheel to a degree that it's going to turn, turn well, and we can stay the course so that way that turn happens authentically, organically, holistically. It's not an instantaneous process. I think we want instantaneous processes. I think that that feels safest to us. In fact, this is why we don't make moves. This is why in the last session when I was talking about my vulnerability of having to shift our family plan, I essentially was saying to you, I feel really stuck right now. I don't know to what degree I feel safe making a move. And that was a simple one. I think that that example that I gave was a fairly reasonable navigation for our family. 
but it still feels really big. It still feels like a place where I'm just sitting in the weight to determine uh, how steady I feel in turning the course in a different direction when I had been planning on something else all along. This is what you're asking of somebody. This is what you're asking of yourself. It's not singular. The point at which we decide we want to be part of family systems and not, you know, operate at a singular level, at an individual level, we are saying that we are willing to sacrifice certain parts of who we are, surrender certain parts of who we are for the greater good of the family and what the family is needing to flourish. And folks, let me tell you, families do not have to live in dire turmoil and distrust of one another. Families can be beautiful things, but we have to make space and understand that despite our connection and our togetherness, there's also individuality and separateness, and that may not always align with our comforts. Uh, We can talk about this on so many levels and how it's impacted based on different systems and value sets that we are part of within our tribe because um, those things absolutely 100% impact how we operate uh, within our tribes. So for instance, let me let me just make it concrete. Like I'm thinking instantaneously, the way we operate religiously 100% impacts our value set, our belief system. The way that we operate within our community culture is going to impact who we are at an individual and a tribal level. And um, just to give you a little bit of foresight, in our next session, I will start talking more about tribes and that... Um, conflict between the tribe and the individual self and how we can uh, start learning to balance out the differences in the two parts because they do operate differently but they uh, they also balance and align. Uh, sometimes that feels like a betrayal or a compartmentalization but we can figure out how to allow space for both of those parts and not feel like we're frauds because they differ sometimes. So today what I want for you to think of uh, to just bring it back to home is the degree to which you are willing to surrender your own comfort zones and uh, turn on your listening ears to be attuned to what the people that you love in your life are actually saying to you and communicating to you. Uh, And then just experiencing your own process in that and what's happening for you in the vulnerability of asking those family members to move towards you and trust that they are safe with you because you think you're safe and you think you know what's best. But I can guarantee you if somebody has retreated from your family system, they do not feel safe. And so you're trying to get to the core of what can build the bridge to help somebody again feel safe and connected in the family system. And by the way, that might actually require that you consider some shifts that you have to make in your own life to start connecting that bridge uh, that will bring you back into deeper relationship with your loved ones. So I hope that you enjoyed today's session. I hope that you were able to gain some good insight for your growth process between attachment and the individual self and the connection of tribes and really just start this uh, work, this growth trajectory. I'm really excited to talk to you guys again next week. And as always, don't hesitate to visit uh, thebindpodcast.com. Uh, look up information about what this attachment and trauma therapy is. And if you have any questions for me, uh, I would be more than happy to receive those and uh, give you feedback. I hope you have a great week and I hope you tune in next week. Thank you so much for listening.